With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's been a few days since I've injected a player or or manager. I, you know, I, I need my fix. I sincerely hope nobody transcribes this podcast because then they will be the written rules and we'll have to start with a whole new set. Lightning comes down right after you take one one step into the box with a loose batting glove. Exactly. Oh. And welcome to episode 13 of Artificial Turf Wars, your official post-ejection podcast. I am your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined this week by Chris Sherwin. How you doing, Chris? Good. How are you, Gregory? Uh, I am excellent. Uh, Josh was unable to join us. As, as I understand it, he is chained to a tree in the BC rainforest. That's a long story. Probably not appropriate for the podcast, so we'll leave it there. Um, we do have a week of baseball to talk about, though. Uh, We have all kinds of ejections. Uh, Three out of four in Minnesota the Jays took. I don't know. Have they hit their stride with the bats or have they not? That's kind of up in the air. Suddenly, Devin Travis has returned after a uh, supposed take it slow process that went really quickly. Aaron Loop is really close to coming back. Josh Donaldson had some things to say about people throwing baseballs at him over the past week. We have listener questions. We have a gold star to hand out. And I think that will get us to the, the end of the podcast. Note that we don't have an interview this week. You're just stuck with Chris and I. Can you stand it, Chris? I think we can deal. We can deal. All right. Well, we usually go over the week at this point, uh, as as usual. Um, they won three out of four games in Minnesota. That was sort of the, the start of the week. I wasn't actually that impressed. They had one night where they scored nine runs, which is a magical number for me. I think everybody knows that by now. <laughs> because if you score nine runs every night, you're going to the World Series. It's true. <laughs> Got to do it every night, though. And this team is not doing it every night. Uh, they looked a little funky in Minnesota. And the game they lost, they lost pretty much as a microcosm the way they lost every game this year. They got a little bit of a lead, scored a couple runs, bats went on vacation, bullpen came in, set the mound on fire, and they lost. And they didn't have any time to come back. Um, and there was the, the, the day game that they won it started off with a bang, you know, back-to-back homers, um, Donaldson getting chirpy with the Twins bench, and then they did nothing like, for the rest of the game. I, I, I believe they got, like, nine hits in that game, but they didn't score another run for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. It, so it was, it's, it's like, yeah, it was great. They took the series, but looked awful shaky doing it. Yeah, a 3-2 game as well, I think, to finish the series. It was like, oh, what are we doing here? Um and then they walked into they took they had an off day, walked into New York City and promptly got shut out by the Yankees. And they didn't even get shut out by Tanaka. They got shut out by Nathan. I can throw the straightest fastball in history, Eovaldi. 
who has been a little bit letter, better of late, as I understand it. But but they they got nothing going. Two hits. Well, I, yeah, I believe it was his slider that made them look incredibly silly. And that is a different slider than last year. I was doing a, I think I was doing the series preview for the first series with the Yankees, and and he's now throwing a completely different speed and uh, and break on the slider. They he hauled that out in spring training, so there there was some discussion that it would actually have some real real challenge for hitters, whereas his old slider did not do that. Still, two hits, <laughs> two. <laughs> Uh, they turned it all around tonight, though, on Ivan Nova and Bullpen Company. Uh, they won 8-4 as we are recording this, so it's always good to record a podcast right after a win because the recency bias makes it feel like this is a good team. <laughs> we aren't as miserable. Exactly. Uh, your guy tonight. Uh, is he your guy? Superman. Who, Homer twice. M- Russell the Muscle Martin. Russell the Muscle. He was my guy. <laughs> it's difficult to defend him this season. <laughs> All he does is defend. He doesn't do anything else. Uh, before his two-homer night, his on-base percentage was at 250. This is a starting catcher. So I do not know what has happened to him, um, but he certainly lucked out in terms of uh, tonight, which was good to see. Do you believe in the one game is the game where it, it turns around, where he come, a guy comes out of a slump? Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't always happen that way, but yes, it, it can be a mental relief for a hitter like nothing else. It's like the ultimate relief, and you just all of a sudden you start seeing the ball again. It's I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's, I'm not saying it's no, no. going to happen, but yes, I, I do believe in that. It happened to me a million times as a hitter growing up. <laughs> I can't hit. I don't know how to hit. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, <laughs> I can hit. <laughs> It's just hitting. When you, when you were in a slump, you just, like, the ball looks unhittable. It, it's incredibly frustrating. So, yes, this is a, a huge boost for Russell. At least mentally, which is good. Yes. Uh, okay, so the sort of theme of the week was people who were not in baseball games. Um, <laughs> so first we had suspensions being served. Uh, did, has Jose appealed his suspension? I believe I, I believe don't. that appeal is coming okay. uh, Thursday or Friday. John Gibbons does not get the luxury of an appeal, so he has served his three-game suspension, and then he so he missed three games, and then he managed an entire game, which must have been absolutely exhausting for him because then he got thrown out the next game <laughs> and the game after that while discussing things with umpires. And Josh Donaldson, in the first inning, got ejected. And I don't blame Josh Donaldson for that. I blame Mr. Umpire, whose name escapes me at the moment. I should probably have that, but... He's part of Joe West's crew, so... Yeah. I just I just assume they're all terrible under him. What was the last first inning ejection you could remember that wasn't specifically balls and strikes related? I, I honestly can't remember the last first inning one I've seen. Yeah, I I don't recall anything either. And uh, apparently Donaldson said that he didn't have any relationship with that umpire. That it was something where they had 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 an argument. Yeah, or no, had a that discussion. was yeah, that was the bizarre thing when I was reading his comments afterwards. It's like um, you know you can understand if. Uh, you know, this is this is somebody he's chirped for years, or had like a past experience where he's been he's been ejected or whatnot. 
I, I mean, he just he had no experience whatsoever. He just heard Donaldson yell at the Twins bench and just lost it and thought it was at him and ejected him. And so it was apparently he, just one F you. And I don't know. I think a lot of umpires here F you. <laughs> and, and don't really just throw people out randomly out of the game. Um, that is really, really weird. Like, even for a bad umpire, that's a weird thing to me to have happen. And, and of course, there's no going back, right? It's like, well, you're gone. What? <laughs> do, do you really mean that? Well, it doesn't really matter if you mean that or not. You're gone. Ah, you yeah. take, take the rest of the day off. So the Jays played with uh, Ryan, no, Darwin Barney as their number two hitter for the rest of the day. Yes, they did. Wow. That's the guy you want up second. Um, John Gibbons got thrown out the following day because, wow. Okay, I don't even know how we walk into this because there's so many things going on. Well, you just discussed, okay, we just talked about Donaldson being tossed the day before. Right. He didn't, he didn't run out a ball to first. Or maybe he did, but he was just, he was just dogging it a little bit to first. And no lollygagging. Somebody on the, the lollygagger. <laughs> uh, somebody on the Twins bench, I, I don't know if it was multiple people or, or one player, um, was chirping him about not running out not running out a ground ball, which is odd. Uh, so he gets back to the bench. Actually, I think it was a coach. I think it was a Texas coach. It was the, the, no, it was the Minnesota first base coach. Um, oh, okay. Tim Bos, Bosmer. Bo, Bos, uh, I don't know. Sure. Anyway. We'll, we'll go with Bosner Bosner. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, Donaldson gets back to the bench and starts chirping back, but with a little bit more foul language. He gets ejected because the umpire thought he was talking to him. We've been over that. Right. Um, so the next day, first, first at inning, bat. Yeah, first at bat, uh, Donaldson goes yard after Bautista went yard, um, and he crosses home plate. And gives a real good stare into the Twins' dugout. It was so a really good one. That's, I mean, uh, stares or the thousand-mile stare there. So essentially he's yeah. saying, um, don't bother me. You shouldn't have bothered me yesterday, and now I'm I'm just going to beat you on the field. Deal with it. Yes. Very macho. I, very very anyway. macho. Uh, and I mean, hell, if it was Bautista, he would have he would have done the hand gesture. He would have done a million <laughs> things worse. He would have done the chirp, 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 shut it. Uh, <laughs> but okay, so Donaldson does the stare, and I'm not sure if it was his next at bat or third at bat. Third. I'm pretty sure it was his next at bat. Was it his third? I thought it was his third. Okay, we'll go with third. Uh, Phil Hughes, he he brushes him off the plate, pretty good, and Donaldson takes a long walk. Down close to like the first base line. Sure, as you long do. Long walk, yeah. Long walk back into the back into uh, the batter's box. Next pitch goes behind him. Needless to say, he's a little <laughs> pissed off about this. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to this has happened. The same thing happened uh, last year against the Royals. Um, and so he, you know, he tosses his arms up in the air. He's like, "What's going on? They did not even a warning. Like this is ridiculous. Like clearly something happened in yesterday's game that they're pissed off about, and now I'm being thrown at two pitches in a row, and you're not saying anything." So out comes Gibby to ask, "Hey, what's going on?" And Mr. Joe West comes in for all the way from first base. <laughs> 
Just like, what are you doing, Joe West? Like, what is his issue? (laughs) Just because he felt like, hey, maybe it's been a few days since I've ejected a player or or manager. I, you know, I I need my fix. So he comes in and he is finger waving like he's scolding a toddler at Gibby. He's just he's doing the finger wave. He tosses him and Gibby's going back to the bench. He's following Gibby and yelling and doing more finger waving. Just just being Joe West. Just absolutely absurd. That pretty much is Joe West in a nutshell. So yeah. that I found it, the funniest part to me about all that is were the umpires watching the same game? <laughs> because it was as plain as day that yes. Phil Hughes was trying to hit Josh. By the way, I think if you miss a guy twice, you should have to bat the next time. <laughs> like, that should be a I written like rule, rule, not the unwritten rules. Like, if you're going to hit a guy, you have to hit the guy or you pay the price. Um, again, I don't think you should be hitting a guy, but it was obvious, just obvious that that what was going on. So that means that the order... The idea came from someone in the in the Minnesota organization that, hey, we need to teach Josh Donaldson a lesson. So the first lesson he was supposed to learn was to run out to first. So instead of learning to run out to first, he just hit a bomb. So now the lesson is, oh, no, you can't hit bombs. So you must ground out but hustle. Like, why would you pay any attention to what the twins think about any of this anyway? And why does that deserve a baseball in the small of your back? I don't get it. I don't get the... I don't understand where it's going. Josh Donaldson apparently does understand because he went on the record about what was happening there. And he talked about player safety, which I think is a legitimate way to at least approach this conversation is we made catchers safer. They can't, they don't need to block the plate anymore. You can't go in arms up and you have to give a lane. And now we've got those guys separated. We made second baseman safer so they don't lose their knees and their, their, you know, ankles um, provided they're in the right spot, they're not going to face off a guy s- slide tackling them around the bag. Great. We haven't done anything to make batters safer, as evidenced by the complete lack of a suspension for Matt Bush when he intentionally, and that was in the ruling, intentionally hit Jose Bautista, and the lack of even a warning when Phil Hughes twice missed Josh Donaldson. <laughs> so... It's in the rule book. It says, if you think it's intentional and you're an umpire, you can throw him out of the game. Right there. No warning. Nothing. But, again, what game are the umpires watching? Yeah, and this is what's so frustrating about uh, about the, the Hughes one is they are so quick to eject a manager for nothing. For but, asking. But there's, but, but, for asking. <laughs> hey, do you mind if that pitcher doesn't throw... <laughs> A baseball at my player? That'd be pretty cool. Thanks. <laughs> That's ejectable. Absolutely. But yes, hurling a baseball at a batter twice doesn't even get a warning. Yeah. So I guess this kind of circles us around into the the, the ultimate thing. How is this supposed to work? Because we hear a lot about the game is supposed to police itself. Josh Donaldson clearly doesn't think the policing is going particularly well while it polices itself. He would like some other rules in place now that it's been established that there are rules. But 
in a, in a world where there were none of those rules and the umpires were never going to suspend anybody, what would the progression be? When is it okay to um, throw at a guy? Or well, well, I mean, like we saw it, sort of. I, I mean, he didn't he didn't get hit, but Strowman retaliated immediately. The next inning, first batter, and nothing else happened after that. That that is, I mean, that is as basic as policing as you're going to get. Um, now, of course, policing usually backfires horribly, <laughs> and it's just it's just an endless like just it's an endless cycle usually. Uh, but we did kind of see how how it's meant to happen. You know, Phil Hughes is told by somebody plunk this guy for staring at us and not running out pit and not running out ground balls. Okay, but who where is the unwritten rule about what it is that initially deserves the plunking? I mean, there used to be a thing while well, you hit a home run and you're going to get hit by one. That never even made sense to me. It's like, wow, you did your job as a hitter really well. Um I'm a, I'm going to give you one and I'm just going to I'm going to hit you with it. Well, yeah, well that's the thing. There are so many unwritten rules. I, I mean, growing up within the game, I, I learned new ones every year that I played. And, and, and they, they obviously used to be much, much worse. I, it was a couple of weeks ago that, uh, that Buck Martinez was talking about just something ridiculous. Oh, it used to be you do this and you get, you get one in the back. And it was like, yeah, it was something like, yeah, you hit a home run and you'd get beamed. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, this is just barbaric. Uh, so, like, I mean, it's not, I, I, it's probably not as bad, and it, but it changes all the time. And there's clearly confusion amongst players, uh, specifically the Texas Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chris is still bitter about that. Uh, well, two things. I'd like to point out that if I was going to bean somebody for something, it would be like bunting it successfully against the shift. Because that would genuinely make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> like you 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 undid our strategy <laughs> you can't do anything about a guy who hits a home run but i could teach you not to bunt against the shift um, so that's one um second of all okay so what happens is okay let's assume you accept the punishment you hit a home run you take a little too long admiring it you realize you've crossed the line but you're going to get your punishment you get hit in the back boom you get hit um but that shouldn't – is that really the end of it in the unwritten rules? Or in the unwritten rules, it's like, hey, if you hit one of our guys, even deservingly so, he gets hit back. You, one of your guys gets hit back. Is that the rule? I, I think it depends on who you ask. I, I mean, if, if like, for, for example, the bat flip, I think if they had done it early in the – I think if they had done it right away, there probably wouldn't have been any retaliation because the Blue Jays knew that it was going to happen. Right. So I'm not, I'm not sure that you see the retaliation in, in that way. I'm sure some would disagree. Again, the unwritten rules and policing, it, it, it is a wacky circle uh, <laughs> that, that nobody can really figure out. Even, even guys in the game uh, can't figure out. So, but again, the Blue Jays knew it was coming, but the timing of that was so messed up. So that's why there was so much anger about it. Because it's like, no, if you guys wanted to hit me, you should have done it the right way and we, it would have been over <laughs> it would have been the right over. way i know and of, and of course like the whole thing is ridiculous but it's you know to these guys in this built into this culture who have grown in this culture it's like yeah okay we we get it i admired this if you want to hit me for it hit me but do it do it the right way i and, see the perverse logic of getting hit right 
away because at that point you can make your statement not by charging the mound you can make it by in your next at bat hitting a home run which is the way we know jose bautista loves to try and make that statement and he's succeeded at times it's been tough to do in the past couple years but um taking that away from him the ability to to actually do something on the field to to show his displeasure or whatever i understand why he was upset about that I don't like where it went. I don't think it was Jose's fault, per se. Uh, I don't think he helped. But, yeah. So that's where we ended up. He didn't, but also Bautista did technically, you know, follow the unwritten rule. <laughs> and that is, you guys screwed up the way you hit hit me. Yeah. Uh, the umpire screwed everything up. And I sent a little message. New rule about sliding or not. <laughs> he yeah. he sent he sent the message, you know, spikes were down, etc. That's every infielder knows that's coming. Yeah. Uh, and, it's going to be again, a hard slide. He, he, he's not, he's yeah, not pulling up and wheeling slide. off. Yeah. Because you hit me in the last at bat 2 series <laughs> later, 7 months later, I'm going to show my displeasure for it. Indeed. Th- that that's that's unwritten code. That's the guys know this. I sincerely hope nobody transcribes this podcast. <laughs> Because then they will be the written rules, and we'll have to start with a whole new set. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they won't have a problem with that. <laughs> uh, I have a quote from uh, the last word, I think, here on it, from Jose Bautista. This was from a USA Today story from Bob Nightingale about the bat flip, and I'll just put it in its own separate context here. From Jose, quote, I didn't plan it and didn't try to humiliate or offend anybody by it. But obviously, losers always get offended. <laughs> End quote. That's our Joey Bats. Yep. <laughs> the man everyone else loves to hate. Um, I could see why you would not like him after a comment like that. But I think he's got a point. Yep. And, and I mean, you know, God forbid he, he enjoys an iconic moment in Blue Jays history. Right? And, you know, people keep bringing this up, too. As Blue Jays fans, you would be pissed about the bat flip. Like, nah. No, I wouldn't. I'd I'd still be absolutely fuming and throwing things at my TV over the defensive inept uh, Texas Rangers, (laughs) or or Toronto Blue Jays, rather. They would be the Blue Jays. I would just, I would be so frustrated about how they completely threw the game away on the field. I, I wouldn't, I couldn't care less about a bat flip at that point. I think it's funny because, first of all, the bat flip is is the moment of the 2015 postseason, even though it occurred in a divisional series. So that's crazy. Yes. And it it outshines all of the other crazy things that did happen. And there were some of them. The number of comebacks, for example, by the Royals were ridiculous. But when you think about the iconic home run reactions, and the, the three that come to mind for me are Roberto Alomar sticking his hands up in the air. I'm not even going to do Joe Carter. Um, Joe Carter just lost his mind. Um, the other two are Kirk Gibson pumping his fist, going around the bases, hobbling, mm-hmm. and Carlton Fisk desperately trying to wave a homer fair in 1975. And none of those moments say to me, guy was thinking about the other team. If the, if the other team thinks that was about them, they're just self-centered, egotistical people. They were. That's about the guy going, oh my God. I am the king of the world right now. I did that thing I've been trying to do since I was in my backyard when I was eight years old and I was 
pitching to myself and hitting <laughs> balls over my my fence. I just well, did is, the I, thing. This is why I wish we had Josh on here because he's a pitcher, so he could explain it a little better. But uh, I mean, that's the thing about about flipping and just uh, just general joy itself. It it is accepted, despite people saying that it's not accepted. Um, but everybody seems to have their limit. Everybody, everybody seems to, to have this. So oh, yeah, well, you know, whatever. You're gonna people are gonna flip their bats. They're gonna do this, whatever. But there's always a but, <laughs> right? Because every now and then, because we, we see it every day. We see we see bat, bat flips and celebrations every single day in baseball. Yep. And there's no retaliation to these. But every now and then, something gets under one pitcher's skin, and he gets pissed off. Indeed, and then. Five months later, we're discussing it because there was a big brawl. <laughs> okay, we will leave bat flips in the dust. Um, we got to talk about people who we maybe weren't expecting to see quite so soon. So we will talk about Devin Travis. They were going to take it slow with Devin Travis. Is that? Do you remember something about that last week? I think we discussed that last week. He was in AAA, and it was like we're going to take it slow. <laughs> yes, I believe we did. <laughs> Devin Travis is in New York tonight, and the Buffalo Bisons are not. <laughs> now, why is he in New York? Uh, because he's a Toronto Blue Jay. Um, yes, but why was he called up? <laughs> uh, he was called up because Troy Tulowitzki is day-to-day. Um, so they need Ryan Goins to play short, and they would like an actual bat in the lineup somewhere, I think, was the idea. But, hey, if I'm wrong, correct me. No? We're good? No, um, we're good. I think he. I think they think he's the second baseman going forward, and this is a great excuse to get him at bats without sacrificing Ryan Goins at bats for two or three days. See how Tulowitzki's quad, which is what apparently he pulled last night in the middle of a game, after some pinch hitting had already happened. So guess who played second base, Chris? I know you might have missed this one. I did miss this one. Russell Martin played second base last night. Oh, that's right. (laughs) That's right. I remember reading about that this morning. That's what you get with the short bench, folks. Um, maybe one less reliever in our future. I'm thinking with the starting rotation, maybe you can afford to carry six guys for a little while. All, all Robert, Roberto Osuna? Every single one of them? Just clones of Osuna? Well, that's actually the plan for July. Is uh, The clones should be grown by then. Um, <laughs> having a little trouble with the extra quick growth formula. But after you've got uh, two or three, and you've got one where you've flipped the chromosome so he's left-handed, um, you're good. All you need is Osuna's all the way down. Yeah, I'm not really serious about that. I don't know what they're <laughs> going to do with this bullpen. Uh, Drew Storen is not the answer. Apparently, Joe Biagini is the answer. He threw the eighth inning tonight, and it was a clean eighth inning. Um, there you go. Problem solved. It's not. Uh, and then Chad Giroto came in to get the outs in the ninth, and he immediately gave up a home run, and... John Gibbons brought Roberto Osuna in in a non-save situation just to get this thing over with. Can you blame Gibby? Like, really? Can you can you blame him? Like, a home run in the ninth, and he probably just, every pore in his body opened and said, please, not this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to nope right out, out of here. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. We're, we're going to go get him. We're going to go get the guy I know is going to get me two outs, and thank you very much. Possibly a waste. Um, well, no, Osuna can go tomorrow night because they, there was the off day and then the shutout. So Osuna yes. had two days off. So he's good. He, he's I, The toughest part of being a manager, I swear, must be thinking about today and tomorrow simultaneously all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you see it all the time on the internet with people not grasping that basic concept of, of bullpen management. Yeah. 
what happened last night, what's happening tonight, and what might happen tomorrow night. But don't put too much weight on what might happen tomorrow night because that might never happen. <laughs> there you go. Good luck. Um, so they scored eight runs. Does that mean that the offense is fixed? Absolutely not. Ah, I was... <laughs> so hoping for that answer <laughs> well, we've been through this before <laughs> when we were had high hopes when they scored uh nine runs was it i think 11 i think it was 11 it was 11 yeah you're right it was 11 and then it yeah. all went to nothing again it's so, fine i'm not making that mistake again everything is fine um <laughs> they got there is how, there's 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 hope there, yeah. there's a little bit of hope who Kulisky makes you started to turn around a little bit yeah He's getting on base more than 30% of the time. There you go. Uh, Has Bautista's really been killing it again. Uh, Donaldson's coming back to life. Russell Martin had a great night tonight. Uh, Edwin is still not hitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tried to gloss that one. Over. I had to toss one in there. <laughs> but we have a cleanup hitter. He's left-handed. His name is Michael Saunders. Have you heard of him? I have. Um. Unless you were worried about Michael Saunders hitting left-handed pitching, he has five home runs off of lefties this year. He hit another one tonight? Yeah, most of them on breaking pitches. So I don't know that anybody has the correct book on Michael Saunders. Like like they passed a page around and Saunders had scribbled something in there on his own. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, I can't I can't figure out the, the inside breaking ball when I'm ahead in the count. Yeah. So good for Saunders. I think, I think, and I said this in a chat uh, a couple days ago, if this team was winning, if it was in first or second place, Michael Saunders would be on t-shirts. He would be a legend. He would be everywhere. Because he is the best Canadian player at this very moment that the team's had. A first place team. It would be excellent. Yes. If, if those things can come together. But instead, he's that Canadian guy on that middling... <laughs> <laughs> fourth or third place if you're lucky team i believe they are still in last are they not uh, i believe so yes yeah gotta love that um we'll get to that in lesson, listener questions i think so saunders can hit lefties um we had russell martin actually hit something tonight two things home runs like you said we don't really have any hope for ryan goins do we i i don't think so i think we did going into the season but at this point I don't. I've lost my faith in him. He's nine for his last 91. Ugh. Yeah. So only by the grace of God does he remain on this team. Um, the bright side for Devin Travis is he really, if he hits his weight, he's good to go. That's all he needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which might actually allow him to relax a little bit and hit more than his weight because all evidence points to the fact that uh, Devin Travis is actually a pretty good hitter when he's healthy. Would you like to go to listener questions? Let's do listener questions. Oh, uh, sorry, quickly. Aaron Loop is pitching in Buffalo on rehab assignment. Uh, looking good. We might have a real lefty in the pen very shortly. Fingers crossed. Okay. First question is from the Tau of Steve, who I do not believe has submitted a question. Um, for those of you who don't know Tau, he has been around forever. I don't know how you missed him. His question is, is there anyone in Buffalo, New Hampshire, who you believe could improve the Blue Jays' offense either now or down the stretch? That is a question I'm going to take because our resident minor league expert is not here tonight. Uh, the best hitter by any normal measure 
in Buffalo right now is Jesus Montero, who's essentially a first baseman DH. Um, in Buffalo, he isn't even OPSing 800. So there's that. Um, other than that, maybe Dalton Pompey, who only has one home run all year. I, I don't think Matt Dominguez is an answer. I don't think Casey Kochman, you know, with his sub-700 OPS in AAA is there. I, I really don't think there, there's much there unless uh, AJ... Now, is it AJ Jimenez or AJ Jimenez? Huh? I think it's Jimenez. AJ Jimenez. If he heats up, because he's, he's been pretty hot lately, he's, uh, he's a potential something, I guess. Um, he's a replacement for Josh Tolley, who is horrible. Uh, and you can always... Twist Russell Martin's arm and make him catch the knuckleball, though I don't recommend it. I don't hold out a lot of hope. Uh, question two uh, is a two-parter uh, from Alex Hume, A Hume ninety-two. How much are you buying into Justin Smoke? Four hundred batting average on balls in play, so that's where Chris Colabello's luck went, uh, <laughs> and a career low ISO, but making harder contact, lots of line drives. And hitting to all fields more. Is this a sustainable change or a nice two-month small sample size alert? I'm leaning towards small sample size alert. Not that he is nothing, but I think the 400 BABIP is quite telling in this. Yes. Yeah, you scrape that out and um, difficult to say. I mean, he's always going to take great at-bats. He's always going to give you the walks. He's always done that even when he was like pretty terrible i believe i i think he's a serviceable first baseman in in this situation because of encarnacion being entrenched at dh uh slash first base I, I think he's serviceable because he bats well from the left side but i do not think he is this fantastic um i i think if he ever goes back to striking out like he did for april I think they're going to be poking around for a replacement because it's not that hard to find. Well, I think Jesus Matero will get a shot if he turns into a strikeout machine again and and kind of falls off. But that's a guess. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't think he's turned. I don't think he's turned a magic corner because we really haven't seen anything. Wouldn't they have talked about something different? You know, a leg kick, a head tilt. <laughs> well, well, there was a slight adjustment that he made um, to be to to remain more balanced. So that is interesting. I mean, it's certainly something to keep a look at, but 400 Babbitt, come on. That's a lot of line drives. <laughs> uh, should the Jays ditch hooked on a feeling and start playing bad boys instead? That's from our own baseball gen at baseball underscore gen. Um, what should they do? Anything but hooked on a feeling? How's that? Uh, my question is, do you really mean like the bad boys, the theme from Cops? That's what I assume she meant by this. If there's another bad boy song, I apologize, <laughs> but that's that's this only one this old man knows, and that would seem like a really that would be odd to me to hear that playing in a baseball stadium. But uh, yeah, I think they could probably maybe rotate a couple songs depending on by how many runs they're down. I've noticed when they're down by apparently eight runs, it's very quiet in that bottom of the eighth inning um, or mid eighth inning for some reason. Hmm. Hmm. Wonder why would they lose the the, the file or something? Uh, Brian A I'll try and get this right this time at big underscore B underscore SR uh, doesn't have a question tonight he, he just says hi so hi Brian how you doing um, okay Derek 
two questions. We'll be nice. We'll answer them both. Uh, first is Derek is at Torpan13. Do you still have confidence that this team can turn things around and be a contender, or will the Jays be sellers at the trade deadline? Chris? I still have faith. I absolutely do. Um, I am definitely concerned about the bullpen, uh, but you know, hopefully with guys like Luke coming back, uh, I, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in him, but uh, <laughs> there, there should be somebody out there that, that they can get. I, I, I just, I have all the faith in this offense to, to turn it around. I really do. Um, I tend, <laughs> tend Greg to be doesn't positive. sound so sure. I, I'm still positive. I can imagine this team being a seller at the deadline though. At this point, we are rapidly approaching that usual sort of 60 game mark that I kind of look at and go, well, did you do anything in any section of those 60 games that convinced me something was going on. Now, last year, that 60-game thing just threw right out the window because they didn't do things till 100 games in. But last year was a really, really strange outlier for any team to go that well in the last 60 ga- two games of the season. So it, it, It's true, but they were, you know, remember they were, what, seven and a half games out? Yes. And, you know, 50 and 51, and they made every trade imaginable. And they, before the trade, had this massive run differential that indicated yes. they they were better than that record. Now, I didn't uh, think they were just going to magically make still it up. Had to, you know, they still had to make up a ridiculous amount of ground. Yeah. There's no of those, none of those indicators are going on with this particular team. This team does no. not score a lot of runs. It does not, for nine innings, prevent enough runs to look great. There, there's... There's, there's nothing hiding in the background that goes, oh, well, if this just got a little better. No, they're just kind of middle of the road. The answer is, do the the hitters get back to what is career normal for enough of them fast enough? I don't know. Next question. Same guy, Derek. Do you think the Jays look outside the organization to bolster the bullpen? What other internal options are there? Would you like me to go over the Buffalo Bisons bullpen at the moment? You probably don't yeah, want me do to it. do that. Yeah, let's do it. No, let's uh, do it. Uh, okay. Uh, Roberto, no, that, he's a starter. Um, Dustin Entolin, we saw him already. Chad Jenkins, uh, we've seen a lot of him over the years. I don't I don't think that. Ryan Tapera. Nah. Pat McCoy. <laughs> Pat McCoy sounds like a guy they made up. Um, <laughs> 12 strikeouts in 11 innings. Uh yeah, oh, 15 innings. Yeah, six walks. Mm, um, David Artsman. No, they already cut him. Arnold Leon. Yeah, we saw that. He was DFA. Nobody picked him up. Bobby Korecki. Yeah, Pat Venditti. Oh, I think they already brought him back up. Bo Schultz. Would you like to know what Bo Schultz results have been since coming back? On what I assume is still a rehab assignment. Well, sadly, I already know, but yeah, let's, I, let's hear it. 4.1 <laughs> innings pitched. Uh, eight hits. One walk, two strikeouts, six earned runs. <laughs> so that's a 12.46 ERA. And uh, walks plus hits per inning pitched a whip of 2.31. His uh, his biggest supporter is He's currently not, chained to a tree. So <laughs> Not here right now. Uh, yeah. And the last question. How superstitious are you guys? Any Oh, sorry. Would they go outside the organization? Yes, they will go outside the organization because the easiest yeah. thing to trade for at the trade deadline is a bullpen arm, in my opinion. Um, 
you can get a lot for not too much because bullpen arms pending free agency don't have a lot of value other than other minor prospects in a lot of cases. So, yes, I believe they'll go outside. Or, you know, guys hit the waiver wire. Brian Mattis hit the waiver wire this week, strangely enough. <laughs> um, somebody might pick him up. Uh, okay. How superstitious are you guys? From Colleen Evans at Colleen Evans 6. Any tradition, traditions or habits that you maintain as fans of baseball or the Jays? Or is it all just ridiculous? <laughs> well, of course it's all just ridiculous, but it's yes. also fun at the same time. I mean, as a fan, I, I don't have anything. Uh, when I was a player, I had all kinds of ridiculous <laughs> superstitious, like right down to uh, tying my right cleat first. It's it's just absurd. You were you were in that zone when you were a, a regular. I, I absolutely was in that zone. <laughs> What was what was the longest standing one of the ridiculous traditions? The one that you did for years, even though uh, any two logic? things, uh, yeah, yeah, two things. Um, the cleats. I just uh, just said I, I laced up my right cleat before my left cleat, and gotcha. um, in between um, pitches, I would do uh, the silly batting glove titan thing. Oh, the, I, the, I, yeah, the Nomar I, I Garcia Para. Yeah, I, I couldn't step back into the box without doing that, or I would die. <laughs> that was, that's, that's what happened was going on in my head <laughs> lightning comes down right after you take one one step into the box with a loose batting glove exactly <laughs> just a charred stump where your hand was i knew i should have tightened them up <laughs> i knew it was important um i was an umpire not a player so i never had player uh, superstitions and generally umpire superstitions involve getting home in one piece um wearing all your proper safety equipment <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> um uh i do not have any game time traditions though i am a fan of turning the game off when it's going badly um that doesn't i it doesn't always affect the result I, I don't claim it does but but i am a fan of doing that um i will lead that into a funny story about tonight's game I was working late. I think it's a funny story. I turn on the radio and I hear, and the Jays strand two. We'll be right back. I'm like, oh, that's great. Go to commercial. Come back on. Marco Estrada has retired the first six batteries and a base hit, which I find out is into the shift, but still a base hit. That's the first pitch. The second pitch is a bunt single from Didi Gregorius that Josh Donaldson tries to barehand and drops. The third pitch is a wild pitch that advances runners to second and third with nobody out. So I've been listening now, if you don't include the commercials, for about a minute and ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the Jays have gone to two runners on base <laughs> all the way to the Yankees with runners at second and third with nobody out. And then I turned off the radio. Because I couldn't. So we're bear. blaming. So we're blaming you. Essentially, do not listen to the radio, Greg, and they'll score nine runs every night and win the World Series. There and I, go. I think it has something to do with that because when I came home, I turned the TV on, and with two outs, they scored two runs, which I don't think they've scored two outs with two runs all year. Quite frankly, I've never seen a team so bad at getting that hit with two outs. Yeah. And I watched with great attention the 2018, which could not hit its way out of a wet paper bag. Well, I believe uh, until tonight, runners in scoring position, the Blue Jays were hitting like 
second last in the league, hitting like 210 or something ridiculous. It's, I, I don't know what happened to these guys, but I hope it unhappens very soon. They'll turn around. Don't you worry. <laughs> Just don't turn it around 360 <laughs> degrees like some people say. That, <laughs> oh. that phrase always kicks us in the butt. Um, I finished last week with sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, but I guess I should finish this week with giving you the opportunity uh, to give us a final thought. Oh, unfortunately, I didn't come up with a final thought. The well is dry. It is dry. <laughs> it is so dry. Got your gold star. Uh, we, we did. Look at me. I'm zooming down the list. I read Brian Matuza's name, and I just, my mind blanked out. Um, Josh was screaming a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about how... If you have a tie game on the road, not bringing in your closer is basically being dumb because even though you might need the closer for the save, uh, the first thing you need is to get through that inning without allowing any runs at all to score. So the best guy is your best guy, right? Right. DeMarlo Hale must be a listener. Hi, DeMarlo. Because while John Gibbons was suspended and possibly only phoning things to DeMarlo from the second deck, I don't know, uh... (laughs) There was a tie game on the road in the ninth inning, and DeMarlo Hale brought in Roberto Osuna to maintain the tie. And then, in the tenth inning, when it was still tied, he left Roberto Osuna in the game. (laughs) You get a gold star, Mr. DeMarlo Hale, which I'm sure Josh would have liked to give you. But he was unable to. Uh, In his stead, I will give it to you. Um, Jay still lost that game as I recall. But that's okay. Because they didn't lose it because they they didn't lose it with their closer sitting on his butt eating sunflower seeds, which is a horrible way to lose a baseball game. Is that our final note? I think that takes us home. I believe it does. Alright. So that means that you were Chris Sherwin at CW Sherwin and I was Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010 and Josh wasn't here at Joshua Housem and this was the Artificial Turf Wars podcast number 13 and we will see you next week hopefully with an interview what's minimum wage in Ontario (laughs) (laughs) 